The fan on? I turned on yeah. Not the fan, but. Yeah. The fan? Not the fan, the uh. Air conditioning. Yeah. You guys she better sit back, cause he's hot. Yeah, we're good, yeah. Where are we? Go back like three rows if you're cold, cause he's She's like, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold, we all right. And my head is like, on fire. Yes, you got that juicy That's the juicy word. Am I live? Did I just tell that to everybody? I'm sorry, you guys need to, didn't need to know that information. <laughs> okay. Okay, praise the Lord. Let's get started. Drew's going to pray us in. If you guys could just stand for prayer, or if you can't stand, you can sit. We're free in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day, dear Lord. I thank you for Pastor Sandy, dear Lord, and the word that you've given him this morning. He's extremely excited to share what's on his heart, dear Lord, that was given to him through your precious Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us to stand with bowed hearts, dear Lord, attentive ears, so that we may hear what the Spirit is saying on this morning, dear Lord. We pray, dear Lord, again, just to manifest your glory within us, dear Lord, that this place is um, anointed and full of your presence, dear Jesus. As we go through scripture this morning, dear Lord, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the S4C family everywhere, thanks for joining us. Whatever country you're in, we got a capacity packed house <laughs> today. But you know, you get home, right? and there's 34,000 or 3,400 people with a whole lot of questions, too. So praise God for that. Um, can you see, hey, Nisipu, how you doing? I love you. <laughs> okay. So, um, we're going to be studying the book of Haggai today. And um, it's a very important book, more important than I thought. Um, the, the word Haggai, or the name Haggai, means my feast and so Haggai is really prophesying about imp the importance of, of, of uh, end time prophecy and God fulfilling his feast okay um, the feast that uh, that he is mainly talking about is Hanukkah Hanukkah is the feast that he's really trying to emphasize to people understand and know the importance of Hanukkah because Hanukkah is a major prophecy for God throughout the entire Bible and you may not see it and that's what God wants me to show you today how important Hanukkah is I'm going to ask you a question what if Christmas was interrupted this year. What if um, after it was interrupted, two witnesses for God showed up in the, in the world? And what if those two witnesses caused all kinds of plagues 
as they're preaching to the world about Jesus Christ and and the false prophet not being truly God. And what after what if after they started prophesying that every year they were bringing so many plagues on human on human beings that they couldn't do the normal things that they wanted to do. And so every year people are wishing these two prophets could die because if they died, they could get back to life as normal. But the second year comes around and they're still turning water into blood. People having problems that they're causing it not to rain. So there's no vegetation. And they're bringing these plagues on the world for three and a half years. And then for the, the next third year, they're doing it again. And the Antichrist is speaking out against them and telling the world that they're, they're, they're evil. They're trying to keep them from the utopia he's trying to give them. And finally, the Antichrist captures them and kills them. And then the whole world celebrates and says, hallelujah. Did you hear on CNN this morning? They killed the two prophets and their bodies are still laying in the street. And he says, and the Antichrist won't even give them a funeral because he's so mad at them. And the people are saying, good for him. Let them stay there because the because of them, we haven't been able to celebrate Christmas since they came on the scene. So they said, so CNN comes on and says the whole world, everything's back open. You're able to now send gifts to each other. And the whole world's happy. And they're, and they're just ecstatic over the fact that these two prophets have been killed. Now, my question, the question that the Lord gave me on Wednesday night before I came in on Thursday morning was, why are these people so happy that they can give gifts to each other once again? What was interrupted that all of a sudden they could not give gifts to each other? And the only celebration we know where everyone worldwide is no individual celebration. Everyone worldwide is giving gifts. And the whole world is going to be celebrating at this time. The two prophets have been killed. And we can now go back to normal life. God said this is part of prophecy. And just as Israel came, became a nation again, this is going to happen in the tribulation. And so it's very good for you to understand how important God has made Hanukkah. So if you if you have your Bible, I want you to go to um, Genesis chapter seven. And we'll be verse 11. And it says here in the 600 year of Noah's life on the 17th day of the second month on that day, all the spring of the great deep burst forth 
and the floodgates of heaven were open and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. So if it was the 17th of Hezron and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, do you know when the 40th night ends? That would be the fourth day of Hanukkah. So every year from the anniversary of the flood, four year, four, 40 days later is always Hanukkah. So it seems to me that God was saying these 40 days are going to be important. From the very beginning, these 40 days are going to be important. So every year we have the anniversary of the flood. And this year came on 11-11. 40 days after the anniversary of the flood is Hanukkah. So this festival has not even appeared yet on God's calendar of feast days. But remember, the name Haggai means my feast. Okay, let's continue. Um, go to Leviticus chapter 23. And in this chapter, it says, the Lord said to Moses, <clears throat> speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my feasts, Haggai. You understand? These are my feast days. These feast days belong to who? God. Haggai means what? My feast days. So <clears throat> remember, the feast days belong to God. God loans them to Israel. Okay? <clears throat> It says here um, in verse one, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my feast days, the appointed feast of the Lord, which you are to proclaim a secret assembly. So God gives these feast days <coughs> to the nation of Israel and tells them, I want you to keep these seven feast days. I want you to honor them. I want you to keep them just as I'm giving them to you. All the feast days are just prophecies. Did you know that? From Passover to Yom Kippur to Tabernacles are all prophecies. Well, what about Hanukkah? Is Hanukkah also a prophecy? Yes. It is a prophecy. And so God wanted me to see this morning how Hanukkah is the beginning to an end. So that he gives them these feast days. Now, how many feast days are there right now? Who knows? Seven. How many menorah lamps? Seven. Well, I have this menorah lamp here, which has what? Seven. And this represents the church. So this menorah lamp represents the seven feast days. But here's a Hanukkah menorah lamp, and it has nine. So why is it that Israel has nine and the church has seven? What made them add two to the, to the uh, menorah lamp? This is what we're going to find out today. <clears throat> 
because um, the last two feast days represent the beginning to an end. Now, how many books are there in the New Testament? Uh, 27, exactly. Three times what? Three times nine. Three times nine is 27. The beginning to the end begins in the New Testament at the birth of Christ, because Christ is not only being birthed at tabernacles, he's being conceived at Hanukkah. You understand? Because Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. And Israel and all the Hebrews don't care about when you were born. To them, your life began when your mother said, I'm pregnant. So the conception of Jesus Christ was in the wintertime at Hanukkah. So when Jesus Christ, when she announces that he's that, that she's pregnant, this is at the time of um, of Hanukkah. And now she's going it's going to go nine months later and Jesus is going to be born on in tabernacles. OK, so Hanukkah is a very important day. And it's very important to know that God counted 40 days after the flood to Hanukkah because he's telling you it will be as it was in the days of Noah. So God is wanting me to know there is something that's going to happen in the tribulation. And when that happens, people are going to be so excited that they're going to get to sit, they're going to gloat over their death even though these two men were from God, they're going to gloat over their death and they're going to begin to send gifts to each other. And so God said, why are they doing this and what is going on at this time? OK. So the the um, seven uh, feast days. When you add Hanukkah, now you have eight feast days. You understand? So now you have eight feast days. You had seven, but there's an eighth one that also needs to be fulfilled, and that's Hanukkah, New Testament. Okay, let's go to the book of Luke. <coughs> um... Chapter one, and we're going to begin, I believe, at verse five. Okay, so here we have, it says, in the time of Herod the king, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. The wife, uh, his wife, Elizabeth, was also descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well in age. Once Zechariah's division on duty um, uh, 
and, and he was uh, serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go to the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So it's his turn to burn incense. Now, you know exactly what time Zechariah is going to enter into the temple because David separated the priesthood into 24 divisions. The priest of Abijah is in 1 Chronicles chapter 24, verse uh, 10 and 11, and it says that Abijah is the eighth course of service. So since Zechariah is of the course of Abijah, he's in the eighth course of service. So you know exactly what time he serves. You know exactly when he was finished and he went home. And now you know exactly when his wife got pregnant. This is what Luke is telling you. It's telling you not just that Elizabeth got pregnant, but watch the timeline, okay? Let's continue. Um, okay, then it says in verse 11, then the angel of the Lord appeared and standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled um, and was gripped with fear. Okay, and he, this is what he says. Your wife, Elizabeth, um, and I, I just went down to almost 14. It says, your wife, Elizabeth, uh, will bear you a son and you are to call his name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth, okay? So let's, let me look at this here in my notes. Okay, okay here, here, let's just continue, okay? Then it says in verse 16, many of the people of Israel will, will, will uh, bring back to the Lord uh, their God, they'll be brought back to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers uh, uh, to their children. Let me go down to verse 26. Okay, so he goes home. His wife, Elizabeth, becomes pregnant. And she's staying at home because she's pregnant. Then in verse 26, it says, in the sixth month of her pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee uh, to a virgin pledged to be married um, to a man named Joseph, the descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly astonished at the words and wondered what kind of greeting uh, this might be. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have, have favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name he will save. Yeshua, he will save, okay? So it says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
His kingdom will never end. And at that time, you go, what do you mean, never? He's going to be born, his kingdom's never going to, you mean eternally? Yes. So God is about to enter into the world. It's six months after Elizabeth got pregnant, so they're in the wintertime. So she goes to visit, she goes to visit Elizabeth, and she stays with her for three months. Then she leaves. Why three months? Because she's now nine months. She's about to have the baby. So now she goes back home. And now she waits. And then at Tabernacles, she has a baby, which is the exact of, of the, the 280 days or nine months that it takes to have a child. And so now she gives birth, even though she conceived in the wintertime at Hanukkah, she gives birth at Tabernacles. Okay. Let me finish here. Now, um, I need us to now go to the book of John, chapter 10. And we'll be in verse 22. It says, then came the dedication at Jerusalem, the dedication at Jerusalem, and it was winter. Why is God letting you know it was the Feast of Dedication and it's winter? First of all, it's the Feast of Dedication, it's the first day of Hanukkah. And it's winter time. And so God is letting you know this, is ha this event that you're about to read is happening in the winter time. What happens here? While he's in the city, they come to him and they say, Jesus, you're the one you love is sick, um, is dying, right? And Jesus doesn't say, oh my goodness, Lazarus is sick. So he stays there two more days. And then on the fourth day, he decides, okay, I'm going to go and see what's going on with Lazarus. By this time, Lazarus has been dead for four days. It was the Feast of Dedication when he got the news. It's now the fourth day of Hanukkah. And now he's on his way to go and resurrect Lazarus from the dead. So... This resurrection of Lazarus as the de from the dead, he's resurrecting someone who is Jewish, but the Greek wrote his name as Lazarus because Eleazar, which is the helper in Hebrew, is Lazarus in Greek. So he's like, um, Lazarus is dead, but in Hebrew, they're saying Eleazar, the helper, is dead. So Christ stands there, and he calls forth Eleazar from Bethel, which means a miserable place, the house of misery. He's, he calls him 
out of the house of misery. And Eliezer comes forth and he says, take off his grave clothes. Take off. Because, listen, he's there, but he's there with Martha. And Martha is representing the church through her numerical value of 151. So Martha is representing the church. So he's got, but Martha's name means what? You guys remember? Martha's name means she was rebellious. She used to be rebellious, but here she is, the friend of Jesus. Okay? And so God is giving you this typology of him resurrecting um, or bring or calling Eliezer. Why does he do that? Why does he stand outside of the tomb and yell, Eliezer, come forth? Knowing that when God speaks from heaven, when he says, come up here, that Eleazar leaves and brings the church with him. (coughs) So he's giving you this scenario so that you see the same thing is going to happen. (coughs) But when does it happen? Hanukkah. It happens in Hanukkah. Let's go to the book of Haggai. Okay. Haggai. Now, let me explain to you guys something. Haggai is written in about 520 BC. Hanukkah doesn't exist till 168 BC. So we're talking, you know, about a 400 year difference from it actually becoming a festival. Here's Haggai prophesying about it, and it hasn't even come yet, okay? So let's read here. It says, this is what the Lord says in verse 2. He says, these people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in panel houses while the house while while the house the house remains in ruin talking about the temple now these people have come back from babylon they've come back from babylon they're building homes for themselves they've been released from prison from i mean from slavery in babylon they're coming back and they're building homes for themselves and everybody is concerned with their economic growth and building homes. And God says, you're back in the land and you haven't built the temple. Is it right for you to live in these plush homes while the temple you walk by every day is still in ruin? It's time for you to build the temple. Amen. So he says, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Agia. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in panel houses while the house remains in ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. (coughs) You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have have your full. 
You put on clothes, but are not warm. You are your you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring down timber and build the house so that I may may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. So God is telling them, listen, it's time for you to rebuild the house. It's time for you to rebuild the temple. The temple is laying in ruin while you're living in pleasure. And the temple, you walk by it every day and and yeah, you're a prosperous nation, but I'm not going to bless you because your temple's not rebuilt. So God said, now it's time to rebuild your temple. Now, listen, I'm going to read notes and in Psalms. 122. What does Psalms 122 say? Let's read this. Did, I, did it drop off? Oh, I got the wrong one. Okay. Psalms 122 says, I was happy when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. This is Psalms 122, which stands for what? 2022. So listen, the time where the talk of rebuilding the temple is in 2022. He says, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go. He says, I rejoice when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. OK, so this is in 2022. Understand and know that when they decide to start rebuilding the temple, is when God is going to bless them. Okay, let's continue. Um, I'm still at Haggai. He says, this is what the Lord says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. You... Uh, expect much, much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why clear? Why declare the Lord Almighty because uh, of my house, which remains in ruin while each of you is busy in his own house? Okay. Go over to chapter two. It says in verse six, it says in verse six, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come and will fill the house with glory and say the Lord Almighty and says the Lord Almighty. So he says the desire of all nations is going to come and shake all nations. Yes. Who is the desire of all nations? I'm going to read this. 
I'm in Song of Songs, chapter six. If you can, if you want to go there, but I got to go back to Haggai, so I don't want to have you flipping back and forth. But I want to read this to you. In Haggai, in, in Song of Songs, chapter six, it says, I went down, verse 10. It says, who is this that appears like the dawn? Okay. Fair as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars in possession, in possession. It says, I went down to the grove of the nut trees to look at, a, at, at, at the new growth in the valley to see if the vines were budded and the pomegranates were in bloom. Before I realized it, my desire set me among royal chariots of my people. Who is the desire of the nation? Jesus. This is a, this is a rapture message. Here she is. First of all, it says in verse 10, it says, who is this that appears like the dawn? Fair as the moon, bright as the sun? Majestic as the stars in possession? And then it says, I went down to the nut grove, and then it says, while I was there, the desire of the nations, or the des my desire came and swept me up in a royal chariot of my people. And now if they didn't go anywhere, you would have to tell the Jews because the Jews say this in verse 13, come back, come back, uh, perfect peace, because that's what her name means, Shulamite. Come back, come back, perfect peace. Come back that we may gaze upon you. And Jesus says, why would you gaze on the Shulamite as you as you as on the dance of Mihanim or when you appointed the Antichrist to be your leader? OK, so the desire of the nation is Jesus. So now I'll read Haggai again. He says, I will shake the nations and the desire of all the nations will come. And I will fill the house with glory, says the Lord. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in that is this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Listen to this. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. What does Haggai mean? My feast. On the 24th day of the ninth month, what day is that? Hanukkah. So now listen, this is being written in 520. BC. So this is before the 24th of Hanukkah means anything to the Jewish people. And it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Um, ask the priest what the law says. If a person carries co uh, consecrated meat in the fold of his garment and that fold touches some bread, some stew, some wine, oil, or other food, does it become uh, uh, consecrated? And, and he says, does it become uh, 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 unclean? And he says, the priest, no, he said, does it become consecrated? And they say, no. 
If he does these things, it'll be defiled. You understand? So he's telling Zerubbabel about this story. Then he says this. Um, then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? And they said, yes. What does Zerubbabel mean? It means you who were birthed out of Babylon, the seed of Babylon. And, but he calls Zerubbabel my servant. Who's his servant? Israel. But Israel is his servant, but been, he's birthing them out of Babylon, yeah. the new Babylon. He's birthing them out of Babylon, and he's about to build the temple. But he says, you can't help me build it. Why? Your hands are unclean. So only one that can build the temple is Yeshua himself. Yeah. And so Jesus is going to come back and he is going to rebuild the true temple. Yeah. The Antichrist is going to give them a temple. Amen. And they're going to gloat over it. In Psalms 22, they are gloating about their new temple that they get to build for God. Amen. They are gloating about it. But God says, yeah, that's your temple and your place, but he see, God is never saying it's mine. Amen. But he tells them in the Hebrew, he says, but I'm still going to watch over you. So here they are in 2022 and they're building a temple. Now, listen, 2022 is over with March 23rd, okay? So by the time they're saying the temple is going to be rebuilt, Okay, and if the church is gone and they're talking about be building the temple, they're going to be gloating over that. I'm telling you, history has already been written and it's about to come true. There is something that's going to happen in the world. It begins with. All right, big bro, I'll see you later. Okay. Um, something is going to happen. Now watch this. I'm going to read Luke chapter 17, verse 34. Okay. God said, do that first. Okay. The word taken is paralambano. It means taken to, to take one uh, for yourself, to, to take one as a possession for yourself. Paralambano. Left behind or left means a female, which means to send someone away or to divorce them. Okay. Now, the scripture in Luke 17, 34 and 35 says this. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be peronambano, taken, and the other left, divorced or sent away. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other one left. John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and Perolambano take you as a possession of for myself. So God is telling you something's going to happen before the tribulation occurs. Okay? Something's going to happen before the tribulation occurs, and Israel is going to be prepared and ready to build the temple. OK, they're going to be prepared and ready 
to build the temple. What do they have now in Israel? The red heifers. They've stored them. They're getting them ready. Listen, the Bible is talking about them rebuilding a third temple way before 2022. But listen what they're about to do right now. The, the Temple Institute has been organized. They've gathered all the material. They, they're not going to say, well, the church left. Now we got to go out and, and get organized and get ready to build this. It's like the church leaves and you already had everything you needed. Now you can start building and you even have the red heifer because you can't be cleansed without the red heifer. This is what they tell them in Leviticus. So they think the red heifer is going to cleanse them because they want to go back to Judaism. But they don't know. God is letting them know if you do this, you still unclean. You can't help me build the temple. Right. Zerubbabel, you who came out of Babylon, you're still unclean. You can't help me build the temple. Let me make sure I'm finished here. Go to uh, chapter two and verse 20. It says here, the word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of this month. Tell Zerubbabel. The one that he's talking about Israel, the governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn the royal throne and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots, their drivers, their horses, their riders will fall each by a, the sword uh, uh, of his brother. On that day, declared the Lord Almighty, I will take you. My servant Zerubbabel, which is Israel, son of Shatiel, declared the Lord, and I will make you my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declared the Lord. So the chosen people are going to become the signet ring of Jesus when he rescues them, where? Zerubbabel, Amen. out of Babylon. But the temple, they're saying, you're going to rebuild the temple? And now listen, Jesus comes back. Jesus comes back on Yom Kippur and tabernacles. But until Hanukkah is fulfilled, Yom Kippur and tabernacles can't be fulfilled. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and tabernacles are waiting for Hanukkah to be fulfilled. And so this is what the Lord is showing me this morning. We have to know and understand this time was set up by God in Genesis because the flood started on the 17th of Hezbon and it's lasted for 40 days, which was Hanukkah, but not invented yet. Now, how did Hanukkah get invented? Through Antiochus Epiphany, who was an antichrist, right? And this antichrist figure told them, this antichrist figure told them, you can't read your Bibles, you can't read your Torahs, 
Matter of fact, he said, bring them all to me. And they burnt all the Torahs in the middle of the city. He went inside of the temple and declared himself to be God and sacrificed pigs on the altar. Then the, the people of Israel rose up to fight against them. The Maccabeans rose up to fight against them. And they fought against him and they fought against him. And finally, God gave him the power to overcome the Antichrist. And they went inside of the temple and they saw the menorah lamp. But they only found enough oil for one day. So they lit it anyway. And after eight days, it still stayed lit for eight days. So then because of that, they added, because they don't see that the middle one is, is one of the lights, they added two additional, or they added another, an additional light to the, to the menorah lamp, okay? So as they're adding this, this light, then the festival of Hanukkah begins. And what does Hanukkah mean? The festival of light. When is Jesus Christ conceived? At the festival of light. Okay? And so, but when is he, when is he born? At the feast of tabernacle. What's that tabernacle mean? I'm coming to be with you, right? So everything in scripture is being told to us of what God is going to do. So the Lord wants me to read this to you from the book of Revelation chapter 11. And it's chapter 11. Why? Because how many, how many chapters are in the book of Revelation? 22. So what's the middle chapter? 11. Then the new 11 begins where? Chapter 12. So he's telling you why. So he's telling you, but this happens in the coming down. And then that's going to happen in the going up. Okay? So you have this whole story, and this is what the Lord was showing me. He says, it was given a reed like a measuring rod. Okay? And was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar Count the worshipers there, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And I will give you power, uh, power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth and ashes. So when the tribulation began, the two, the two witnesses appear. And listen what they're doing. It says, um, these are the two olive branches and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. So they are two lampstands. Doesn't the scripture say that the, he says, and what are these lampstands? He says, the lampstands are the church. So who are these two getting added to the menorah lamp? Because listen what he says to them. Watch this. It says, these men have power to shut up the sky so that it will not rain. 
during the time they are prophesying. And they have power to turn water into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. For the first three and a half years. Now, when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will take them overpower, um, overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the street of the, of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also the Lord was crucified. Now it says, now this is when they get killed, okay? Now listen. The Antichrist operates out of the Vatican for the first three and a half years. But in the last three and a half years, he goes where? To the, to the temple to sit in the temple and declare to the world that he is God. OK, so now <clears throat> he's in the temple because he killed the he killed the two the uh, the two uh, witnesses. Now, they had finished their uh, uh, their testimony, the beast that came out of out of the abyss will kill them and overpower uh, will overpower and kill them and their bodies will lie in the street of the great city figuratively called Sodom and Egypt where the Lord was also crucified for three and a half days men from every people tribe language and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial how can everyone from every nation Look at these same two people laying in, the, in, in, in Jerusalem on the ground, just killed by the beast. How can they all see him? Thank you. You on TV. We have seen a lot of things on TV and everybody worldwide is talking about what they saw. And so now they're lying in the street and it says the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts. But these two prophets had tormented those who lived on the earth. They had tormented because God was telling them, turn their blood into water, strike them with this plague, strike them with that plague. And so the beast hates them because he's interrupting. They're interrupting what he's trying to do on the earth. And the people are starting to hate them, too, because they're bringing plagues upon the earth and speaking against the one who's trying to be worshipped. Right. It's kind of like 2020, right? You're speaking against something and people are hating you because they want to join the system and you're fighting against the system. And so here it is. It says, but after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. And they stood on their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, say to them, first of all, what? Come up here. Now he's saying to the two servants, come up here. Let's add two more lamps to the lampstand. Right. So he says, they they heard a loud voice from heaven say, come up here. 
and they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked upon them. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake and a tenth of the cities collapsed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to God of heaven. The second woe has passed and the third woe must begin. So here you have this whole scenario that God says, this is what's gonna happen in tribulation. When you guys leave, he said, I'm sending my two witnesses. And he says, these two witnesses are going to witness and bring terror upon the world. And then they're going to become my, my Hanukkah lamp. Because I'm going, after they kill them, I'm going to add them to the church lamp. I'm going to add the two to the seven. And he says, and then the Lord says, now listen, this is why the New Testament has 27 books. They're just three menorah lamps leading you to the end. So the, 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 the root of the end time prophecy is in 27. 888 is Jesus, three menorah lamps is still God. It's always a trinity. 22, 20, 22, 22, three times is 66 books, the Bible. So we got three menorah lamps, 27 books, that's leading us to the end, and the end is being focused on the menorah lamp of Hanukkah. So God wanted me to let you know, look, he's already said, I've given you the year, I'm not giving you anything else. He says, but you're gonna search and you're gonna look and you're gonna try to find the exact date, hour, time, minute, and moment till I come. And he says, it doesn't bother me, this is natural for you. Any bride is gonna be looking for her bridegroom to come. But he says, I'm, I'm trying to let you know through these prophecies, they have not been told for no reason. There's a reason why the flood lasted 40 days. It led you right to the day of Hanukkah. There's a reason why all of these things. There's a reason why uh, Jesus is, uh, arrives in the city during the wintertime at the Feast of Dedication on Hanukkah 40 days before he calls Eleazar out of the world. So the Lord is like, you worry about whether people believe you. Now he's talking to me. You worry about whether not people believe you. It doesn't matter that they believe you or not. You tell them what I tell you to tell them. And you tell them to prepare yourself because in tribulation time is going to happen to them whether they believe it or not. Okay? So I'm not worried about you saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know if he could be right. I don't care if you think that I'm right or not. I'm showing you what the Bible is telling me and what the Lord told me to tell you. This is a very important time in God and in God's history. Yes. Be prepared. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Yeah. And then he...